Listener Production. Your Morning Agenda with Natasha Belling. Good morning. Thanks for your company. Let's check what's making headlines this Tuesday, the 16th of March. In breaking news this morning, more European countries have suspended their rollouts of the AstraZeneca vaccine. Germany, Italy, France and Spain have all halted the jabs as a precautionary measure over a series of incidents involving blood clots. It follows Norway, Denmark and Ireland also suspending their programs. The World Health Organization says there is no evidence that the incidents are caused by the vaccine. Here's Dr Nigat Arif, a UK GP and medical educator, on BBC Breakfast. If you get a flight, your risk of clot increases. Women who are on the oral contraceptive pill, combined oral contraceptive pill, their risk of clot increases. People who go in for hospital for surgery. However, we don't stop doing any of those things. We don't stop putting women on the combined oral contraceptive. We don't stop getting a flight because of the risk of clots. And this is exactly what we should be doing with the approach with the AstraZeneca vaccine. We shouldn't be stopping the vaccination program. Yesterday, AstraZeneca released a statement saying there is no evidence of an increased risk with its vaccine and blood clots. More than 100,000 Australians took to the streets across the country yesterday at March for Justice rallies, calling for an end to violence and sexual harassment against women. It follows a number of rape allegations that have rocked Parliament House, with protesters saying enough is enough and demanding instrumental change. One of the key speakers at the Canberra rally was Brittany Higgins, who alleges she was raped by a fellow Liberal Party staffer in the office of the Defence Minister in Parliament House. We fundamentally recognise the system is broken, the glass ceiling is still in place and there are significant failings in the power structures within our institutions. Australian of the Year in sexual assault survivor Grace Tame also delivered a speech at the rally in Hobart. Evil thrives in silence. Behaviour unspoken, behaviour ignored, is behaviour endorsed. Because the start of the solution is also quite simple. Making noise! The Prime Minister invited rally organisers to attend a private meeting with him and the Minister for Women. That invitation was rejected, with rally organiser Janine Hendry saying she wanted Scott Morrison to attend the march on the lawns of Parliament House in Canberra to hear women's voices firsthand. The PM did not attend the rally, instead speaking about the protest during question time inside Parliament House. It is good and right, Mr Speaker, that so many are able to gather here in this way, whether in our capital or elsewhere, and to do so peacefully to express their concerns and their very genuine and real frustrations. This is a vibrant liberal democracy, Mr Speaker. Not far from here, such marches, even now, are being met with bullets, but not here in this country, Mr Speaker. Attorney-General Christian Porter has launched legal action against the ABC and its senior reporter Louise Milligan. The minister is suing for defamation over an article published in February on an historical rape allegation. Mr Porter's office has also announced the minister will return from mental health leave at the end of this month. The Vatican has announced this morning the Catholic Church cannot bless same-sex unions because, quote, God cannot bless sin.
The formal response approved by Pope Francis says the church can welcome and bless gay people, but not their unions. The latest statement has been slammed by many groups who have described the developments as disappointing, saying gay rights are human rights. Now for a look at what else is making news around the country this Tuesday morning. To Sydney firstly, and it's still not known at this stage how a hotel quarantine security guard contracted the highly contagious UK strain of COVID-19 while working in the CBD. A number of local venues are still on high alert as possible exposure sites. Our reporter Siobhan Caulfield has the latest from Sydney. Yeah, well, it turns out, Tash, the Sydney security guard who tested positive for coronavirus didn't actually breach any health protocols while working in hotel quarantine. It's left our health authorities scratching their heads, still trying to work out how the guard could have caught it. Our chief health officer, Dr Kerry Chance, says the 47-year-old man is believed to have caught the highly infectious UK strain of the virus from a return traveller at the Sofitel Wentworth in the CBD. We did review the CCTV footage, and can I just say that this um, gentleman was exemplary in his adherence to the procedures for mask wearing and other protections and precautions. So we haven't been able to find the explanation for how this person became infected. It comes with new health alerts issued for a gym and a Coles at Hurstville. Anyone who was there at the same time as the infected guard is being urged to monitor for symptoms. The full details are up on the New South Wales Health website. In Queensland, health officials should know later today if they have dodged a COVID outbreak in Brisbane after an unvaccinated doctor travelled through the community while unknowingly infectious. Our reporter Amy Drew has more from Brisbane. Yes, well, we're expecting an update from the Premier and Queensland Health as to whether there was any community spread from that doctor infected by a suspected super spreader who was treated at the PA hospital and also infected another hotel quarantine guest at the Hotel Grand Chancellor. No local cases were reported yesterday, which is a good sign, but results from another 350 close contacts of the doctor are still yet to be revealed. Officials have not declared whether another positive case would trigger a lockdown. While a fresh testing alert has been issued for Brisbane and Cairns residents after the state's sewage surveillance program found more virus fragments at two treatment plants. Meantime, Premier Anastasia Palaszczuk has requested an urgent conversation with the Prime Minister to discuss major concerns about Papua New Guinea residents spreading COVID into Queensland. Queensland Health has tested at least 500 locals, half of them returning a positive result. Palaszczuk will urge the federal government to consider a vaccination rollout program for the country as part of our ongoing support. In Victoria, as Premier Daniel Andrews recovers from a serious fall, a leadership challenge is on. But this time it's not his party, it's the opposition. It comes after a Liberal election wipeout in WA over the weekend. Here's our reporter James Lake with the details from Melbourne. Thanks, Tash. It seems the Victorian Liberals are making a knee-jerk reaction here to the party's wipeout at the weekend state election in WA. Current opposition leader Michael O'Brien has been feeling the heat for some time, though, mostly for not effectively challenging the Andrews government's management of the health crisis we've faced in the past year. O'Brien will be challenged today for the top job by a former cop turned MP, Brad Batten. But O'Brien does still have the backing of some key Liberal MPs, including Shadow Transport Minister David Davis. I don't believe now is the time for such a leadership spill. Uh, Now is the time for 
stability. In other Victorian political news, our Premier Dan Andrews has spent his first night at home after being released from hospital. He's revealed he narrowly avoided permanent spinal damage after taking a tumble down some wet and slippery stairs last week. He'll be away from his regular duties, though, for at least the next six weeks. And finally, Victoria's Chief Health Officer Brett Sutton has revealed the mental health toll the pandemic has had on him personally. Dr Sutton says he felt awful as a father over the past year, having to put his job ahead of his family during the crisis, but at the same time has thanked the support of his family as well as meditation for getting him through. Now for the latest in business and finance news this morning, we're joined by Scott Phillips from The Motley Fool. Scott, good morning. Now Virgin is planning to put its money where its mouth is as it bets on the economic recovery. Tash, good morning. And this is yet another good piece of economic news. It's one thing to say, look, we feel confident or things are possibly looking up. Plans Virgin apparently has to lease another nine aircraft as we all get back into the skies is good news. Look, they did they lose a whole lot of aircraft when they went into formal bankruptcy last year, so they're not going to get back to those levels just yet. But based on where they'd cut themselves to before this pandemic really, or as the pandemic really took hold, the great news is they're looking to put on more planes to service more passengers, service more flights, more routes. Uh, good news as the economic recovery continues. And Scott, the Association of Superannuation Funds of Australia warns of a catastrophe if super is raided for people to buy the overinflated houses that, those, that are super <laughs> expensive at the moment. Well, that's and that's exactly their point, Tash. That's exactly the point. Now, of course, the Association of Superannuation Funds want more cash in those super accounts, so they're not exactly innocent bystanders. But I think in this case, they might just be right. If you think about supply and demand, if you give everybody more money, and the same number of houses, what's going to happen? Yep, the prices are going to go up. The uh, Superannuation Funds Association calling that out. I think wisely, I think appropriately, and there are real concerns that the government is looking to make some changes to allow us to rate our super for housing. I think that would be a mistake, and so does the association. Yeah, really concerning with uh, accessing super at the moment. And as JobKeeper ends, fears that more borrowers will struggle. And this is the other side of this potential problem, I suppose. A couple of one bit of good news, one bit of warning. This is the potential downside this morning is, of course, when JobKeeper finishes on March 31, there'll be a whole lot of people who are unfortunately put out of work. I've seen numbers of up to 100,000 workers potentially on the line as JobKeeper comes to an end as those businesses that were just kind of kept afloat or the jobs just kept afloat by this JobKeeper payment. The government said, nope, that's it, other than some tourism industry payments going forward. Everyone's going to have to sink or swim. I guess it had to end at some point. The problem, of course, is that for those people who will lose their jobs as a result, they're obviously going to be in economic dire straits and it might be their mortgages that suffer as a result. Yeah, tough times ahead, Scott. Thank you. Thanks, Tash. Now with Brett Thomas and Brett, the AFL is tipped to announce a dramatic change just two days out from the season opening at the MCG. Yes, good morning, Tash. Of course, Carlton and Richmond preparing to open the season, as you said, on Thursday night. Well, we could have an extra player for both teams. Uh, The league weighing up a concussion sub. So this would be a 23rd player who might only be used if a player is uh, concussed, suffers a head knock and is ruled that uh, can take no longer, uh, no further part 
in the game. So obviously this is a big change. Now, why it's taken so long is the AFL introduced a rule over summer that if you are concussed, you're automatically ruled out for 12 days. The clubs and uh, the Players Association in response to that floated this idea that we do have a concussion sub. Now, the one issue, if we go back to the grand final last year, Nick Vlosten from the Tigers was concussed. So in that event, he would be replaced by a, a teammate sitting on the bench, the 23rd player. Geelong lost Gary Ablett to a shoulder injury, so don't they deserve to have uh, an extra player come on to replace him because uh, he could take no further part in the game. Of course he did, but in a normal home and away game, uh, there's no way he would have kept playing. Let's hear from the AFL Chief Gillen McLaughlin, who spoke on Fox Footy last night. That is why we're still discussing it, because I think that medical aspect, rather than just concussion, is where this might go. So an announcement is tipped for this morning. Now, in that same interview, he said that the AFL is ready to act if there are snap border closures due to the COVID case numbers in Brisbane and Sydney. Victoria could be used as a quarantine hub. The Lions due to host the Swans Saturday night at the Gabba. Uh, the Gold Coast Suns are travelling out west. They play the Eagles in Perth on Sunday. We know that WA's border is normally among the first to close, so we'll see what plays out there today. And the most hyped teenager, we've spoken so much about this person, Brady, in the NRL has been cleared to debut for the Roosters. Yes, finally, Tash, as you said, we've been talking about it almost every day. That's a Joseph Suwali, just 17 years of age. He turns 18 on August the 1st. Now, the NRL had spoken to the Roosters, to his family, even to his school. They've decided that he is mature enough, both mentally and physically, to make his debut for the Roosters. They played the Tigers this weekend. Team sheets are released today, so we'll see if his name is on there, if he will debut. Uh, the NRL chief, Andrew Abdo, spoke to the NRL website and said that this will be a rare event. Uh, so this isn't something that we're going to uh, see all the time. Uh, but in this case, Joseph Suwali is okay to debut uh, before he turns 18. So we'll see if he's named in the rooster side uh, before August the 1st. Brett, controversially, do you think, I'm going to throw you this question, do you think he is too young? I think if you look at uh, his physical stature, I think he's okay. I don't think that they should have a blanket rule that uh, anyone under 18 is able to debut. They obviously went through a consultation process. So I think it's okay. Mind you, if he is concussed, then that would probably change the discussion given he's so young. But he wears a helmet, so um, you know we'll see how he goes. But to all the best to the young lad who's got a long career ahead of him. Yeah, well said. He's such a superstar. We wish him all the best. Also making news in the sporting world today, Brett, there was plenty of controversy in a seven-goal thriller in the A-League last night. Yeah, an absolute cracker. Western Sydney edging Wellington 4-3. Now, three times the Wanderers fell behind. They managed to find an answer, and then they finally took the lead for good. 4-3 uh, in the 84th minute. Yeah, Yeboa there with the winner on Fox Sports. Now, the Phoenix actually had an equaliser, or thought they did, uh, later on in the match. That was denied due to the VAR, the decision review system, deeming that it was marginally offside. Now, the Wanderers moving up to second touch. They are six points behind the A-League leaders at Central Coast. So, cracking game last night in the A-League. Certainly was, Brett. Thank you. Thanks, Tash. Checking the weather details around the country now this Tuesday morning. Brisbane, rainy at times, a top of 23. Shower or two on the way again for Sydney, 25. Partly cloudy and 22 for Melbourne. Partly cloudy conditions also expected today for Canberra, 22. Mostly sunny and 20 for Hobart, 25. And partly cloudy for Adelaide. Partly cloudy conditions also expected this Tuesday for Perth with a top of 24. And showers and a possible storm on the way for Darwin with a top of 31. 
And record books were broken at the 63rd Annual Grammy Awards yesterday with global superstar Beyonce becoming the most awarded singer in Grammy's history. The singer and actor had nine nominations this year and she walked away with her 28th Grammy after winning Best R&B Performance for her song Black Parade. Here is Beyonce accepting her award. As an artist, I, I believe it's my job and all of our jobs to reflect the times. And it's been such a difficult time. So I wanted to uplift, encourage, and celebrate all of the beautiful black queens and kings that continue to inspire me and inspire the whole world. And that's all you need to know to start your day with your morning agenda. In your podcast feed from 6.30am every weekday morning, you can also catch the latest episode in a whole new world of audio by downloading the new listener app for free. I'm Natasha Belling. Thanks so much for your company. Have a great day. And we look forward to seeing you tomorrow. Listener.